Hello, my dear friends. A few years ago, I made the firm decision to consecrate my life to Jesus through Mary. And you know what? It's one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I am here right now to encourage all of you to offer and to consecrate your life to Mary as well, to Jesus through Mary. Now, there are so many, many reasons why you should do this, why you should consecrate your life to Mary. And my words won't really suffice. They won't be enough. The saints have said it better. Now, I'd like to quote a message from one of the greatest Marian saints of all time, Saint Louis de Montfort. He said, since she is the sure means, the direct and immaculate way to Jesus and the perfect guide to him, it is through her that souls who are to shine forth in sanctity must find him. He who finds Mary finds life, that is Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. But no one can find Mary who does not look for her. No one can look for her who does not know her. For no one seeks or desires something unknown. Mary then must be better known than ever for the deeper understanding and the greater glory of the Blessed Trinity. Today, I am with Father Pio Idowu, who is a Marian Franciscan, and he will help us better understand what a Marian consecration is. My name is Ted Patulan, and this is the Cause of Our Joy podcast. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to Cause of Our Joy podcast. We have a returning guest, and you know I'm very thankful because despite his very busy schedule, he took time to be with us tonight, and it's such a blessing um, to have him once again in this episode. He was only in our episode uh, a few weeks ago, and we talked about Mary's co-redemption and redemptive suffering. If you haven't seen that episode, I will post the link when I upload this episode. Now, today we will be talking about Marian consecration. So without any further delay, I'd like all of us to welcome to Father Pio Idowu of the Marian Franciscans. Hello, Father Pio. Hello, Ted. Thank you. So, so Father Pio, you know, I, met, I mentioned to you earlier, I went to, to the Rosary Shrine and then I met these two ladies. Um, so they saw me wearing this miraculous medal and, and they knew that I did the Marian consecration. So I said, yes. And they asked me if I know you. Okay. okay. So, and then, you know, I said, I know you. And they know you. And everybody knows you, Father Pio. You know, I, what, what, I, what makes me admire you is because you remain humble. And, you know, you, you reach out to most people, to many, many people. In fact, most of my friends, well, some of my Marian friends, know you because they are inspired by you too, Father Pio. So, mm. Father, um, could you offer this episode to our Blessed Mother? Yes. So, let us start by making the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We offer to you, O Lord, this 
podcast. This is our discussion today uh, in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We ask you to take our words, you know, use our, our discussion for the greater glory of, uh, of our Blessed Mother, for our own sanctification and for the salvation of souls. May what we say you know, be helpful in bringing about a greater renewal in souls and the establishment, the realization of the reign of God, the reign of the sacred heart in the hearts of men. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Pio, I would normally ask my guests about their Marian devotion. And this is something that I haven't really done when you when you were a guest here a few weeks ago. So if you would allow us, Father, can you please uh, share um, how you come to be in love with our Blessed Mother and what made you become a Marian Franciscan? Thank you. Yes, I would say that my devotion to the Blessed Virgin, I got mostly from my mother. she um, She was a very strong woman. And um, with regards to our spiritual life, she would make us pray the rosary, for example, every evening. Even though we, the kids, we we would rebel, we would complain that it was too much. We wanted to go to sleep and things like that. But she insisted on us praying the rosary. How young were you then? Oh, I was 10, 11, 12. Yes, I can remember. We would pray. we, we, We would have to sit down together and pray the rosary. In your own language? In English, mostly because my parents, they come from two different ethnic groups. So at home, English was spoken. Yeah. So from my mother, I got this, uh, this devotion, this love for Our Lady. You know, many times I would hear my mom saying prayers or singing hymns to Our Lady. Until today, those hymns are still in my mind. They still come back in my mind. You know? Then... I met the, also growing up, I met the, the Capuchin Franciscan friars, but they came to our parish and I became a member of the Franciscan youth movement back home in Nigeria. Now, as part of this movement, I learned a lot about St. Francis mm-hmm. and also about total consecration to Mary because the Franciscan priests who guided us, the, who guided the youth movement, they were very devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and they prepared us for total consecration, according to the method of St. Louis de Montfort. So from these priests, you know, I conceived a great attraction to the Franciscan life, and my devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary also increased greatly. So when I began thinking about a vocation, you know, in my mind, I wanted to join a community that was both Franciscan and Marian. But then the Capuchin friars are not, you know, essentially a Marian community. Mm. But I was willing to join them because I was inspired by the example of this priest. I said, well, if this priest is a Marian, then by being a Capuchin friar, I can also be Marian. I can follow their example. But one of them, who was also my spiritual director, he told me of this new community of friars who had just arrived in Nigeria. They were there about a year already. They were the Franciscans of the Immaculate. And he told me to go and spend some days with them. If I did not like them, then I could come back and join them, the Capuchins. So I spent two weeks with them. 
I spent two weeks with the Franciscans of the Immaculate, and those two weeks were like heaven, you know. And I decided to join them. Yes, I've spent a few years. I've spent years, some years with the Franciscan of the Immaculate, and these years have been very blessed. And thanks to Father Stefano Manelli, who is the founder of the Franciscans of the Immaculate, I have the Marian vow. I'm consecrated to Mary by means of the Marian vow. Uh, some of us friars, we came to England and started a new reality, you know, totally different from the Franciscans of the Immaculate. And in this new reality, we are called the Marian Franciscans. We try to preserve that same Marian Franciscan spirituality, which we inherited from Father Stefano Manelli. So, Father, we will be talking about Marian consecration today. Mm. But before we jump right into the discussion, could you please just tell us what the definition of consecration is? Okay. Um, I believe it was St. Louis de Montfort who described consecration to Mary as consisting in offering oneself entirely to Mary in order through her to belong totally to Jesus. So this implies a complete and never-ending, no, a perpetual dedication of oneself to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we give Mary all that we are, all that we have, and for all eternity, forever. So it implies a generous and total dependence on Mary. So you will notice that there are two conditions for a perfect consecration, totality. Mm-hmm. Mary, everything, all that we are and all that we have. And then secondly, perpetuity. The consecration is forever. It's not just for today. It's not for a year. It is forever. Talking about Marian consecration as a gift of oneself to Mary. Father Stefano Manelli, he relates a, a conversation he overheard once between a little girl and a parish priest. The little girl asked the priest, what is devotion to our lady? And the priest answered immediately, it is the gift of oneself to our lady. Very simple words. Mm. They They give us the essence of Marian devotion and consecration. We give ourselves to Mary. And not, it is not just a simple giving or a, any kind of giving. It is a total giving, a complete giving, a giving for all eternity. So my devotion to Mary ought to be a loving disposal of myself to Mary. And consecration is the perfect manifestation of Marian devotion. Yes. The word consecration itself um, could be, you know, the, the root word could be traced back to the Old Testament. And it's always related to the anointing uh, with holy oil of priests and kings. And so basically, um, when you anoint somebody with holy oil, you consecrate them to God, which means you set them apart for a holy purpose. Yes. So a consecrated person is dedicated for a holy purpose alone. So Father, yes. could you comment on that? Yes, yes. Um, a consecrated person. So when you talk of consecration, uh, the word itself, consecration, um, you talk of setting something apart from profane use. You know, setting it apart in order to be made use of in a holy way. So the, the term consecration applies to God himself because 
God is that being who is totally separate from the world. That complete separation from everything that is imperfect. Then consecration or holiness can also be applied to objects Mm. in as much as God, to persons, to objects, to places, in as much as those persons, those objects, those places have been set apart for God alone. So consecration means setting apart, separating, removing from profane use in order to be made use of in a sacred way. Yes. Father, some people would think that whenever we, you know, we say the, the rosary many, many times, or we kneel before the statue of Our Lady, or we jo- join the processions of Our Lady, and other pious acts involving Our Blessed Mother, these people would say that we are making Mary a deity or a God. Now, if we give them an answer that we do this because of our love for Mary, and you know, because we trust her that she's interceding for us, they would say that we don't need to go to Mary because Jesus is only our mediator to God. So why do we need to consecrate ourselves to Mary? I would say for a very simple reason. It is God's will. Simple. But how do we know it is God's will? Um, A very recent apparition, the, the, the apparition of Our Lady at Fatima, there Our Lady said very clearly, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. So devotion to Mary is not a human initiative. It is coming from God himself, according to the words of Our Lady. Then, if we go to the Bible, if we meditate on the events that took place at the foot of the cross, we can likewise arrive at this same understanding. So we see Christ is about to die. And he sees his mother standing with his beloved disciple. Jesus says to his mother, woman, behold thy son. And to the disciple, he says, behold thy mother. The beloved disciple is the image of every true Christian Mm -hmm. whom Jesus has entrusted to the loving care and protection of his mother. And what does sacred scripture tell us that John does? John, what, what, what does John do? He he takes Mary into his own. We are told that he took Mary into his own, into, into his own home. You know? So John becomes the devoted child of Mary. And Mary, in turn, becomes his mother. Here we have an example of consecration to Mary. John, following the instruction of Jesus, takes Mary as his mother. John is the beloved disciple. John is the uh, representative of every Christian, every human being. And he, the first thing he does after uh, the, the last testament of Christ was to him, the beloved disciple, telling him, Take this is your mother, no, take Mary as your mother. And he obeys that instruction and takes Mary. He becomes a devoted child of, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So in John, the, in John, the beloved disciple, we too receive this same instruction. We are asked by Christ to become devoted children of Mary. And she, in turn, she will become our loving mother and advocate. You know, all the graces we need for salvation and sanctification, we will obtain them through the maternal mediation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So there at the foot of the cross, Mary became the mother of all Christians, the mother of all men who are invited to become members of the Church of Christ. I actually love that you mentioned um, that 
um, that scenario at the foot of the cross um, when John accepted Mary and brought Mary to his home. Because as like you said, Father, we are all children of Mary, which means that we are also asked by God to bring Mary into our homes, especially into the homes of our hearts. We are asked by God to to love our Blessed Mother and to take her home into our hearts. Now, Father, there are quite a few formulas in doing a Marian consecration. The famous ones were, um, we have the total consecration to Mary by St. Maximilian Kolbe. We have the true devotion to Mary by by St. Louis de Montfort. And uh, there's the new one, um, the 33 Days to Morning Glory by Father Michael Gately. you know, Father, I myself, like I mentioned to you earlier, I follow the formula of St. Louis Marie de Montfort. But just to give everybody a general overview, okay, Father, what are the benefits of doing a Marian, Marian consecration? Okay. Um, you could say there are lots of particular benefits. Uh, so, for example, one benefit is that we obtain a powerful advocate in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, this is especially important in our struggles with the devil and with sin. Mary, Mary will protect us. She will shield us from all dangers. You know? Another benefit that we is that we will never be forsaken by our lady. St. Louis in Montfort says that devotion to Mary is a sure sign that one will get to heaven because Mary will never abandon those who entrust themselves to her. Then also, you no know, consecration to Mary makes the practice of the spiritual life easy. You know, there are many saints who have said that Mary is the easiest, shortest, most perfect and surest way of reaching heaven. But then if you want to give and you know, summarize all of these benefits and give a comprehensive view of all of these benefits, they cannot be summarized into one thing. And this is the greatest of it all the essence of the spiritual life. You know, perfect identification with Christ. You know, what, for example, Father Stefano Manelli calls Christification. A perfect conformity with Christ. St. Maximilian says, we want to belong to such an extent, to the Immaculate, that not only nothing else remains in us that isn't hers, but that, she, but, but that we become, as it were, annihilated in her changed into her, transubstantiated into her, that she alone remains so that we may be as much as, as she is God's. So Mary belongs to God in the most perfect way. If we want to belong to God, to Christ in the most perfect way, the way is true Mary. We have to belong to our blessed mother and she will mold us according to the image of Christ. So, so, so I think St. Augustine and St. Louis de Montfort call Mary the mold of God, the mold of Christ. That's true. Yes. So by belonging to Mary, she forms in us the likeness of Christ. We achieve perfect conformity with Christ. And this is the essence, the summit of Christian holiness. Father, now, you know, going to the more practical aspects of Marian consecration, how is it done and is it difficult? No, it isn't difficult. No, if if you want to reduce it to the to the very basics, all you need to do is to choose a day, especially the feast of a lady, a feast of a lady, mm. and say your consecration prayer before the statue of a lady. 
basically that is all you need. But then to make it more meaning, meaningful, uh, there, are, there are various methods you can use. So you can prepare for this consecration by making use of a series of prayers. The most common kind of preparation is a 33-day preparation by St. Louis de Montfort. So this consists of a, of a series of meditations and hymns and prayers that you have to do daily. You know? There are some other preparations you know, which can take up to nine days a week you know, and so on. Um, you can choose one of them. But since Marian consecration is meant to be a life-changing cha event in the life of the soul, hmm, it is highly recommended to prepare for it well and adequately. Amen. Yes. So whatever method you choose, do that preparation well. Prepare for it well. You know? And then on that day, you do your consecration. I would always recommend using the 33-day consecration prayer of St. Louis and Montfort. You know? uh, then on the day of your consecration, if possible, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, and ask a priest to, you know, to receive your consecration because he represents the church. And you can also obtain a blessing from him, you know, so that you remain faithful to your consecration. Yes. Now, in my experience, my dear friends, um, so I did a 33-day preparation to consecration um, using the method of St. Louis de Montfort. And I think, you know, if you would like to try it, you, you need to allot time to, to read the daily readings and to allocate time for prayer, most importantly. Because reading alone, the the you know the the, the writings of Saint Louis Marie de Montfort or the readings, the Bible readings for that day, would not suffice, because it's not enough that you know we fill our heads. We need to have it in our hearts. We need to embrace everything and to actually live the the teachings of Saint Louis Marie de Montfort. Why? Because the heart, our hearts, is the center of prayer and communion with God. That's why I think it's not just enough here, but we need to have it here in our hearts. Now, Father, is it better done as an individual or, you know, as a group? Well, consecration can be done individually, but it can also be done as a group. And I think it even it's even more profitable when it is done as a group because you have that spirit of uh, community companionship, you know, doing it together. Now, but then in fact also, according to the structure proposed by St. Maximilian, the individual consecration is the first step. So he talks of a simple act of consecration. Now, he doesn't, for this, for, this, for this step, there is no need for a, prep, he, doesn't, he doesn't mention any preparation at all. One just simply uh, says a prayer before a statue. Of, it's a very simple, very private, and very personal consecration. There is a second step, which, which requires a bit of commitment. No, no, this is done together as a group. No. Uh, as a group, you will journey together in the School of Mary. You will receive Marian formation. Uh, being part of a group with norms and practices will help you to live daily your consecration. No. The group will place upon you a minimum of conditions that you have to fulfill daily. Mm. You know, there is that sense of community. Uh, and as a group, you can all contribute to the same kind of Marian apostolate. So it, it helps a lot. 
when you do the consecration as a group. You feel that you're not joining alone. No, you have the support of your brothers and sisters you know, in that community. But it doesn't matter. Individually or as a group, it can be done both ways. Yes. Father, do, do we need to do we need to have to, to have a priest um, or can we consecrate our own selves to Mary? So initially I mentioned that it's good to ask a priest, but it is not strictly necessary. It isn't strictly necessary. It's good to have a priest because then it's it it gives it a sort of, of a formal official aspect. No, but it isn't necessary. I think what is really important is, I think what is recommended is it is done on a Marian feast day. And why is that, Father? Before, because Marian feast days are days we believe when, when we receive more graces from Our Lady. You know, special graces are distributed by Our Lady to souls on this Marian feast day. Since these days are dedicated to her, she's even more prodigious, you know, in the distribution of graces on this day. So when you do your consecration on a Marian feast day, most probably you will, you will gain a lot of graces on that day, graces that will help you be faithful to your consecration. And also... And then it's recommended to do it. Sorry. Yeah, Father, sorry. You go ahead. It's recommended to do it before the statue of Our Lady. Yes, you were saying. Yes, Father. So we, we choose a feast day so we could easily remember our consecration yeah. day, because yeah. the, the idea is annually we should always say our consecration prayer to our Blessed Mother. So we should renew, renew our, our vows to our Blessed Mother. Now, talking about vows, Father, you've mentioned this before. What is a Marian vow? Okay, that's, uh, uh, I will try to, because I'll try to say it in a nutshell. Well, because it's, it requires a bit of understanding. No? But before talking about the Marian vow, it's good to understand what a vow is. No, a vow is a promise made to God, the fulfillment of which is a serious religious obligation. So most times a vow will be binding under the pain of mortal sin. No? So, so the promise implies, it implies more than a wish or a desire. It is a firm decision to fulfill what is vowed. Mm. A solemn promise to fulfill the object of that vow. Now, so therefore, before taking a vow, it must be made with sufficient deliberation, reflection, and prayer. It must be made with full conscience. And after a process of due discernment, now, the object of the vow must be something good, otherwise it is not a vow, and it has no effect. It must be something that one is capable of fulfilling. You can't vow to, to go to the moon if you are unable to go to the moon. That's should be realistic. Yes, should be realistic. Then it must be something better than what you, would, what you are normally supposed to be doing. So, for example, you can't vow to go to Mass on Sunday. You are supposed to be going to Mass on Sunday. Amen. So going to Mass on Sunday cannot be, be the object of a vow. But you can say, I can vow to go to Mass on a daily basis. You're not obliged to. But then that is a good thing to do. It is even better to go to Mass on a daily basis. So then a vow uh, can depend on the person and the circumstances of the person. 
So there are those who take the vow of perpetual virginity uh, because for them, being consecrated virgins is better than matrimony. That, that is because that is their vocation. Someone who has a vocation to the married life cannot and should never take a vow of perpetual virginity. That is not for them. them. So it also depends on the circumstances of the person, on the vocation of the person. So St. Thomas gives us three essential elements of a vow. So deliberation, that's reflection, prayer, and uh, consideration of what you're about to do. The second is the purpose of the will. I want to take this vow. It is my desire to do this vow. And the third is the promise, which is usually, but not necessarily manifested by word of mouth. And it can also be done in the presence of witnesses. So you have marriage vows, which are done in the presence of a witness, religious vows, which are done publicly in the presence of witnesses and so on. Okay, so with this understanding of what a vow is, you know, the Mayan vow, what is, it, what is it? According to the teaching of St. Maximilian, it is a promise, a solemn promise made to God of unlimited consecration of oneself to the Immaculate as her absolute property for the purpose of hastening the kingdom of Christ in the whole world. So a solemn promise made to God of unlimited consecration of oneself to the Immaculate as an absolute property in order to hasten the coming of Christ's kingdom in the whole world. You have two essential or constitutive elements of the Marian vow. The first is that unlimited consecration, donation of oneself to the Immaculate as her absolute property. What, does, what, do, what do we mean by absolute property? St. Louis de Montfort uses the concept of slavery. Yes. Yes. No. So by he, for him, no, by the, by, with, this, with this expression slavery, the soul gives to Mary the right to dispose of him as she wishes. No. The, the soul, and you're not expecting any compensation. Yes, without yes, without any recompense at all. No. Saint Maximilian, however, prefers the term absolute property because he says, as a slave, you still have the ability to think and to will. You can think and you can will. No, but um, as an absolute property, you are just an object. You are like an object in the hands of a lady. You cannot even think for yourself. Mary has to think for you. You cannot will for yourself. Mary has to will for you. No, absolute property. And also the and also the element that as Mary, as the absolute property of Mary, she can make use of you as she pleases. You know, I remember this example of Saint Bernadette of Subiru when she said, I am like a broom. Yes. The Lord has made use of me. He places me in the corner and he forgets about me until the next time he wants to make use of me. This is the idea here. No, we are instruments, just objects in our lady's hands without any will whatsoever. We can't be pleased or be displeased with what, whatever Mary does with us. No, she, ha- she is like, no, St. Pio says she becomes like a tyrant to the soul. She does whatever she pleases. She pleases. No, so there is this 
aspect of being the absolute property of Mary. But then there is a purpose, and this is the second element. We become the absolute property of Mary so that she can use us to bring about the kingdom of Christ and the whole world. Mm. This is another unique thing with the Marian vow of St. Maximilian. It has an apostolic dimension you know, to conquer souls for Mary. We become instruments in, uh, in the spreading, to be used by Mary to spread God's kingdom in the world. That's exactly one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, Father, because I feel that um, there should be a lot of souls who should know Mary, which was actually um, a, uh, um, a message from St. Maximilian Colby that I randomly got in my email before I started this podcast last year. Yes. Now, Father, so, yeah, sorry. so in, other, just, in other words, no, by taking the Marian vow, no, I... I would I wish to be like the Immaculate and to act like the Immaculate, to be the Immaculate and to act like her. Yeah. Well, Father, from the practical side of things, so the person who is making the Marian vow writes his or her own vow. There's no template, there's no general template. You write your own vow. There is, you can do that. Yes, you can do that. But it has to. It has to contain those essential elements of totality and uh, perpetuity. So I consecrate my I consecrate I consecrate all of myself to Mary, and I consecrate myself to Mary forever. So there are different formulas you can use. So there is a formula of Saint Louis de Montfort. There is a formula of Saint Maximilian Mary Colbe, and all of these formulas they are different because of the different dimensions they bring. So Saint Maximilian has this apostolic dimension. Saint Louis de Montfort has this dimension of uh, consecration as a renewal of one's baptismal vows. Mm. Mm. There is also the consecration of uh, Blessed William Chaminade. And that's another. That's a third method. No, he talks of consecration as being uh, one of filial love to our lady. That is the dimension he brings to consecration. You know? So there are different dimensions, but essentially, a consecration should always have those two elements of totality. I consecrate all of myself to Mary, all that I have, all that I am, and all that I have to Mary. And I consecrate myself to Mary forever, perpetuity. So, for example, there is a very simple consecration that we one can say each morning. I don't really remember the words, but it goes like, my queen, my mother, I give myself to you. And to consecrate myself to you this day, I give to you my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my will. No, and it goes on like that. It's a very short prayer, a very simple, very concise. And it's, it, it has those elements. Everything I am and, and everything that I am and everything that I have, and forever. St. Louis-Marie de Montfort talked about this in his book, and he said that what you're saying, Father, is actually the highest form of devotion to, to Mary because you actually yes. offer all your decisions to Mary. Like, you know, before you make a decision, let's say, you know, um, are you going out today or are you just staying at home? You ask Mary. And you ask Mary what you should do and how it would glorify God. And he said in his book that not many people has achieved this state. Um, and then to be perfectly honest, Father, I only know uh, most likely less than 10 people 
among my group of friends who do this, who I know would constantly ask our Blessed Mother for any decision in their lives, yeah. big or small. Now, Father, you you mentioned you've been mentioning unlimited consecration to Mary. Could you please tell us more about this? Okay. Um, this unlimited consecration, which we, the Marian Franciscan, promotes, is basically the same consecration that was taught by St. Maximilian Mary Kolbe. And so it's the same thing. The soul consecrates itself to Mary as an absolute property, as an instrument in her hands for the realization of God's kingdom in the world. The peculiar thing about this unlimited consecration of St. Maximilian is the missionary or apostolic dimension. Mm. So we consecrate ourselves to Mary as instruments in our hands to win souls for Christ. You know, what that means is that the soul will always be open to missionary activities. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it is, in a certain sense, it is a development of the Franciscan rule, you know, which is why, uh, well, some have said that the Marian vow is a natural fruit of the Franciscan spirituality. You know, St. Francis, in the 12th rule of the chapter, you know, encourages that uh, missionary activity. You know, those who want to go into the mission land should obtain permission from their superiors and they should go. Saint Maximilian says that with consecration to Our Lady, the friar is obliged to go to mission. Is mm -hmm. obliged to go to mission. Uh, so bringing that bringing that missionary aspect to everyday life. So not not just in the Franciscan life, but in everyday life of the common Christian. The Christian would have that. Um, we make the effort to talk about Mary or to souls, to talk about the gospel, to mm -hmm. preach to souls. Well, maybe not, maybe not always by words, but always with the example of a good Christian life. So there is that missionary aspect to our to the Marian consecration, to the unlimited consecration of Saint Maximilian Mary Colby. And one who follows the program of unlimited consecration eventually could decide to take the Marian vow. So then that missionary aspect takes the form of a solemn promise. You know, I vow to become a missionary. Not necessarily missionary agentes to other lands, but a missionary in my own home, in my own family, on, in, in my school, in my workplace, wherever I find myself. I will be and act like the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we friars, we have the Marian vow, and it is the intention that every soul be invited and encouraged to take up the Marian vow. So, Father, let's say somebody has done their um, consecration and they follow the, the formula by the book. And, you know, after a few months, they say, that you know they haven't really feel any they haven't really felt any change in their lives or nothing really has happened or it hasn't really improved their lives what advice could you tell them okay this reminds me of um a conversation i had with a lady in when i was in italy so they had this group had been prepared by the priest for marian consecration and uh, they were very 
fervent, very enthusiastic and all of that. The day after the consecration, the lady came to me and she was crying. She said, Father, I expected a change, mm, but nothing has happened in me. I'm still the very same person. So I told her, no, you think nothing has happened in you, but secretly our lady is doing her work. All you have to do is now, all you have to do now is to then live up to, your, live up to the commitments, uh, fight your vices, struggle against sin, uh, practice the virtues, you know, uh, and have developed natural and intense prayer life. You, know, you will not see the effects now, but our lady is doing her work. She is changing you secretly in a hidden way. None of this will manifest itself in due time. Now, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be eager to see the results of our good works now, now this very moment. Sometimes it may be even after our death that we will be able to appreciate that, that the benefits of our good works will be appreciated. You know, St. Francis talks of the hidden friars, you know, whose prayers and holiness are the reason for the missionary success of, uh, of the priests who are out there preaching. You know, it, is, it, is, it is not a priest who is preaching with fiery words that is converting souls. No, it is a friar hidden in the convent who is praying for those souls and who is obtaining the conversion of souls. Mm -hmm. you know? So we shouldn't be worried that we don't see the fruit mm -hmm. of our labors immediately with time. No, they will manifest themselves. I'm actually happy, Father, that you say that you know you need to to abstain from sinning and to actually make an act of conversion. Because my advice to those people who are not seeing any effects is first you need to discern if consecration has led you to conversion. Mm. Um, because Mary would always lead us to her son Jesus. Now, if you've done if you've done it, if you've done the consecration and you haven't seen any effects, you need to ask yourselves. Are you going to mass at least once weekly, like you know, Father Pio said earlier, or are you going to confession at least monthly? Is there a deeper appreciation to the sacrament of confession? Are you also changing your sinful ways? Do you feel the real presence of Christ in mass? Do you have a deeper understanding and love for the Holy Mass? You know, Father, my the first time I did my Marian consecration, this was many years ago. I did not bear any fruits. You know why, Father? Because there was no conversion in me. I read the book. I followed the 33-day um, template, and that's it. There was really no conversion. I was repeating the same sins over and over and over again. And mm. I did not go to confession. I did not take confession seriously. I was very worldly. So the second time I did it, um, I took it very seriously. And it changed my heart. It propelled me to a more intimate relationship to Christ. Yeah. And because I think it's Mary, I always believe that it's Mary who leads me to go to confession, to go to adoration, and to go to Holy Mass. And, I, I, you know, Mary is the one who's telling me right now to become a deacon, to join mm. the diaconate formation. Mm. Um, so, my dear friends, consecration should make us imitate our Blessed Mother because she was the first ever person who offered her life to God.
Now, if you are doing all of these and you are still not sure if it's working, please don't despair like what um, Saint, uh, as Father Pio said, Saint Pio, Father Pio said, um, pray the prayer of Saint Louis de Montfort. So we encourage you um, to, to, you know, um, to, to read the, the book of uh, Saint Louis Marie de Montfort um, because Saint, in his prayer to Mary, Saint Louis said, I do not ask you for visions, revelations, or sensible devotion or spiritual pleasures. And why did he say it? Because Saint Louis believes that the decision to give revelation, spiritual pleasures, etc., only belong to God. Now, mm. Saint Louis Marie de Montfort also said in the same prayer that he wishes to have the virtues of Mary because these virtues he mentioned, believing sincerely without yes. any spiritual pleasures, to suffer joyfully without human consolation, to die continually to myself without any respite, and to work zealously and unselfishly until death as one of the humblest servants of Mary. It's yes. very beautiful. Father, yes. do you have any advice to those people who would like to consecrate their lives to Mary? Uh, I would say go for it. Do not be afraid. No, You might feel incapable of living up to the commitments of Marian consecration. But you should know that when you give yourself to Mary, it is, not it is no longer you living and acting, but Mary lives and acts in you. So don't be afraid of consecrating yourself to Mary because she will give you all the graces you need to be faithful. Yes. Amen. And Father, I, you, you were telling me earlier that uh, the Marian Franciscans regularly conduct um, Marian consecration groups. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, they 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 prepare interested uh, souls to take the Marian concert, Marian vow. We no, we have the intention to form like a lay group attached to the Marian Franciscans, and. Uh, the Marian Francis, this lay group would also take up the Marian vow. They would eventually, if it is possible, they would eventually become a sort of third order tertiaries of the Marian Franciscans. But the process, of course, you know, consecrating oneself to a lady and then taking the Marian vow, and then, of course, later on becoming a tertiary. So on a periodic basis, we give Marian formation, Marian formation classes in preparation for the Marian vow. So some of these some of these classes will be starting soon. I'm not sure when exactly, but they will be starting soon. And the aim is that by December 8th or on the 25th of March, you know, those who are preparing will take the Marian vow. And they will join, they will join the spiritual family of the Marian Franciscans. You know? So these classes are done at the moment, they are done online. And they are organized by Father Serafino Lanzetta, who is the superior of the Mayan Franciscans. You know, he's also helped by Father Filomino, one of our priests also. Uh, so they conduct these classes and they prepare the persons to take up the Mayan vow eventually. And we will find the data on your website, of course. So don't worry, my dear friends, we will post a link to the website of the Mayan Franciscans. Um, any final words, Father? Yes, I think 
most no no not much i think i've said off, i've said almost everything yes yes just have that trust in our lady i think it's very beautiful very beautiful consecrating yourself to our lady saint maximilian he said for the soul now he was talking of the marian vow he said for the soul consecrated by the marian vow there is no purgatory it's either heaven or hell but don't be afraid don't be afraid because if you have the marian vow it is a sure sign that you will get to heaven because our lady will not forsake anyone who has you know uh, given us given himself or herself to her we know the, the prayer the memorary you know remember most gracious virgin that never was it known that anyone who you know had recourse to you was ever abandoned so Saint Maximilian says that no, for the person with the Mayan vow, there is no purgatory. It's straight to heaven, straight to heaven. So um, don't be discouraged. Don't 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 be afraid. I think it's something. It's very beautiful to give oneself to our Blessed Mother. Yes, Father Pio, thank you for your time and your wisdom today, Father. Um, thank you for sh- you know for sharing your time with us and your knowledge. And your spirituality, yeah. Father, because we have I have yeah. learned so much tonight, Father. So, my dear friends, if you want to have a special and more intimate relationship with Jesus, consecrate yourselves to Mary and consecrate your lives to Jesus through Mary. If we want to follow Christ, we have a multitude of saints to look up to. Now, these saints are our role models in following Jesus. But we also have to realize that even these saints that we know, that we look up to, our inspirations, our models, they also have a special relationship to Mary. Because, you know, I'll give you some examples. Mother Teresa, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Teresa of Lisieux, St. John Bosco, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. John Damascene, many, many others. They have a special relationship to Mary. And, you know, they chose to be closer to Mary because Mary showed them the best example on how to follow Christ, even to the death of her son. Now, I want to close by repeating the words of St. Maximilian Kolbe. And St. Maximilian said, we imitate good, virtuous, holy people, but none of, none of these is without imperfection. Only she Immaculate from the first moment of existence, knows no imperfection, not the slightest fall. It is for us to imitate her, to come near to her, to become like her, to become her own. Let's pray the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast or watching our videos in YouTube. Please click the subscribe button. Thank you very much, Father Pio. I hope we can invite you once again here. Thank you very much, Father. Um, My dear brothers and sisters, my dear friends, have a good day. Stay safe and always remember that we are in the heart of Mary. Thank you for listening. If you have been blessed with this episode, please click the subscribe button. Ave Maria.